This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be What up, Brisbane? Sit, sit, sit. Let's do this. Brisbane. Uh, Thank you so much for that intro. Super excited to be here. Uh, It's been a long week. New York to Oslo to uh, to, uh, Copenhagen to Moscow to LA. Now here. And I'm thrilled to be here Sydney tonight. So a double header for me, which is exciting. First of all, I wanna thank you guys for taking the time to be here. Uh, there's a lot of things that I wanna cover in our time together, and then I also wanna really focus on some Q&A at the end. Uh, but really, the couple things that I wanna talk about are mindset and tactics. I think the things that will really stand out, and, and, and I have been following along on social and Instagram and watching all of you tag, there's so much context for what I talk about here. I wanna make sure that I don't go into places that you guys are already used to or you can watch uh, on YouTube. Uh, I wanna talk about things that have been really emerging to me lately. Uh, and the biggest one is mindset. You know, to me, the thing that has really become fascinating, you know, the reason there's not a lot of content that I put out between 2011 and 2014, if you go back and look at the internet, is because I needed to go run and build VaynerMedia again for myself, because after writing Crush It! and speaking a little bit, from 2009 to 2011, I was starting to get into a place where people were talking about me and calling me a speaker, or a motivational speaker, and, or an author, which is super fine and, and an incredible thing to do, uh, but for me, My pride isn't being a practitioner and being an entrepreneur and being a CEO. I needed to build another $100 million plus business. Really, to be frank with you, I need to feel comfortable standing here and spitting my two cents on things. I think that you need to have an execution other than ideas to have the audacity to stand up here and expect people to waste their time and money listening to what you have to say. And so I'm proud that over the last six years I've been executing VaynerMedia and while I do this Gary V thing, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, the CEO of a $150 million holding company from scratch is exciting and interesting and it really has become obvious to me why that's happening and it's around mindset. I, I think that there's way too many people in this audience that are in the excuse business I've, uh, and yeah, and it's, and it's tough because I'm empathetic. There's always things. You know, you could have two parents that were drug addicts. You could have lost your parents in a car accident when you were a kid. You could have had your money stolen to you by a partner. There's so many things that happen in life. I, I'm super empathetic to it. The ultimate problem is though, is that the market, the world doesn't care, right? There's so much dwelling going on, so many reasons why not, and the thing that has been really interesting to me is that if you asked me what works for me, it's optimism and gratitude and positive mindset. Like, it's really interesting. To me, life is pretty binary. It's either black or white. It's either yes or no, and the one that matters to me the most is you're either on the offense in your life right now or you're on the defense. You're either coming up with reasons why not, all this technology, all this stuff, why not, or why yes, all this technology, all this stuff. You're looking at things and you're making a decision. And so for me, a lot of what I've been thinking about is mindset and why optimism works. Literally, seven minutes ago, 
in the, in the green room, I'm on the phone with executives at VaynerMedia, I'm getting texts of a scope that we expected to sign, failed, million dollars, literally counting on a million dollars, gone, zero, not happening, right? Another pitch, we were in the final two, eight million dollars, didn't get it. Literally in 47 seconds step back in the back room, I lost nine million dollars. <laughs> and I'll be very frank with you, I'm fucking pumped about it. I genuinely like losing, I like learning from it. I was like thinking about like why, what happened, where'd we go, where was the misstep, why? Like it's really incredible and look, when you can afford to lose it, and I'm sure people are thinking this, it's easier, I get it, it's not like I lost nine million, Vayner lost nine million in revenue, but to me, it's not about anything other than mindset. And so if I got anything out of this, I'll go into the tactics, I'll talk to you about social in a minute, I'm about to tell you why Facebook and Instagram, you know I did a lot of homework, on Saturday about the Australian market on my thesis around influencers, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Let me save you a lot of time. Everything that you've been hearing me talk about. How many people here consume my content? Raise your hands. Thank you, that was awesome. I'm just gonna do that again. How many people here consume my content? Yeah. So, here's what's interesting. Literally everything that I'm spitting comes obviously from an American-centric point of view. That's where I operate. Obviously we have a UK office, we're looking at Singapore, we're doing other things, but I'm aware that outside of Russia and mainland China, most most of this stuff actually works. Maybe there's a couple of different nuances. What fascinates the shit out of me is the consumption patterns of the Australian and New Zealand market and the underpriced nature extremities of what I believe in. Literally, everything that I've been talking about for the last year, you can add a additional 20 to 40% tax of upside. It is literally 20 to 40% even better in this market and I get so pissed when people are in any place besides the US market or China where they're like, well, it's a smaller market, it's this, that, and the other. That's where all the upside is. You can only compete against what you can compete against, right? And so I believe that we are living through the greatest era to be an entrepreneur ever. I think the internet is grossly underestimated and I think there's a ton of opportunity. But if you ask me what I would wanna leave with from this talk today, it's to shift one or two person's mindsets. You know, to me, it's an incredible feeling to stand up here and expect nothing from nobody and take full responsibility for everything. I, the teleco company that gave it else and we lost it and we, in the back room, the eight million, I spent zero days and zero seconds on it. I was not part of the pitch, I was not part of the process, I empowered all my people. I saw the news in the back room and I took full 100% blame and responsibility. I am fascinated by your upbringing, both your parents and the neighborhood and the siblings and the friends. I am fascinated by your upbringing, the era you grew up in, the macro and micro climates that you grew up in, not the fucking weather, I mean the economics and the politics and that climate. I'm fascinated what made me, my mom, my dad, being an immigrant from Russia, being in America, being in Jersey, like, like the friends I ran into, baseball cards becoming popular, allowing me to sell something. I'm fascinated the environment that created me in this completely emotional place of enormous strength, which is the engine and the oxygen that allows me to be successful in business uh, and life, and then what is it that other people don't have or didn't have, and I see it. I see how my grandmother parented my dad, I see my sister's and brother's DNA different than mine, you know, just timing and things of that nature, and so I'm going heady for my opening spot because I need you to understand, too many of you are gonna take fucking notes right now and think it's about a Facebook ad. 
Too many of you are about to take a note and be like, okay, Google how to use Instagram influencers. We'll get to that. I'm about to talk about that. But if your foundation isn't right, you have no shot of long-term success. If you're not in a place where you believe this, and look, this is super, like, I'm even like throwing up on my, to be very frank, here's what's happening in my head. I'm listening to what I'm saying right now, I'm like, this fucking sucks. I'm being serious. I'm being really fucking serious with you, actually. And I'm saying that because I'm like, man, it's so, what I'm talking about is like so hard to like touch, right? But it's still my truth. It's what I believe. Like you're either on the offense or you're on the defense. You either see all these technologies as the gateway drug to your entire future or you're upset that it was much easier to do this on email and SEO and you don't like this social media thing, right? I don't like these new things either. I built my dad's business from a three to a $60 million business on email and Google AdWords. I didn't want YouTube to come along. I didn't want Twitter to come along, right? I didn't want Facebook to come along. I didn't want Snapchat to come along. I don't want voice and Alexa skills and podcasts to come along. I'm not looking forward to VR. The problem is technology and the way we live doesn't care about my opinion or my feelings and it doesn't care about yours either. And so you can walk around earth and judge, oh it's so sad that all these kids can't communicate because they're on the phone anymore. Or you can walk out tonight and have dinner and see people at a table and nobody's talking to each other and they're all on the phone and you're judging. And you could talk about a day and age when it was simpler and nicer and all this. Nobody gives a fuck. (laughs) And if you don't adjust to the reality of the situation, you will be completely left behind. And that's it, too many people are executing or hoping or trying to figure out how to live in a world that used to be or the way they wish it was versus attacking the reality of the world. And here is the reality of the world, my friends. The cell phones that you're all holding right now or in your pocket are the remote controls of our society. They are the single most important thing in the world. There's nothing close. Literally, literally, I would rather have somebody roll up on me right now, stab me with a knife and steal my wallet then lose my phone. (laughs) The world is being lived through that device and you can judge it, you can do anything you want, but that's the reality. And if you sit here today and have any ambitions, professionally, personally, whether you wanna sell a course, whether you wanna sell a sneaker, whether you wanna raise money for the PTA, a nonprofit, get somebody elected, whatever you want to happen in life, Whatever you want to happen in life, you first need somebody's attention and then you need to tell them about it. In the written word, in audio or video. This is how the world works and always has. You want something to happen. You need to figure out where the people are to tell them about that thing and then you need to communicate that to them in a compelling enough way that they do the thing that you want them to do. You can do that in the written word, you can do that in audio, and you can do that in video. That is how it's been. It was called the newspaper, the television, and the radio. Now it's called a blog, a vlog, or a podcast. It's the same thing. Nothing's changed except one thing. Your attention is moving to a new place and leaving an old place. The other thing is, we have not figured out the creative strategies to be successful in this world. The other thing is, there's a lot of people in here who are not self-aware and don't realize they should only be writing and not making videos because they're not good at it, or reversed. 
or reverse. These blanket statements that everybody needs a personal brand or everybody should be doing video, that is ludicrous. What everybody should be doing is deploying self-awareness and figuring out who they are, quadruple downing on what they're fucking good at and trying to get resources to support the stuff they suck at. I've written four, thank you. I've written, thank you. I've written four, you know, when she was like, he's written four New York Times best-selling books. I literally was laughing as I was about to get to the stairs. I'm like, I can't put two fucking sentences together if my life depended on it. But I know how to hire a ghostwriter, and I definitely know how to sit down for nine hours straight and record a book in one fucking sitting. Right? You need to figure out how you communicate to the world as an executor. Which medium? Some of you could do all three. Some can do two. But watch what's been happening over the last 10 years. In 2000, or 15, in 2002 to four, it was the era of the blog. It was bloggers. How many people here were a blogger from 2002 to 2005 at any point? Raise your hands. So some of these early pioneers, like they felt the impact, right? Right? You were blogging, that was it. That was the medium, WordPress, or you know, even going back further, like it was just a very important medium. YouTube had been yet to be invented. You know, it cost too much to stream video online. There was no video players. Podcasting then came in 2005 and six, had a little blip, but then right quickly after that, Twitter came out, YouTube came out, and everything shifted to short form writing and video, right? And then in the last two years, audio has risen again. How many people here now listen to a podcast? Raise your hands. How many of those hands did not listen to a podcast three years ago? Raise your hands. Hold them up. Actually, you know what? Watch this for visual. We're gonna do this one more time. How many people watched, how many people are listening to a podcast now? Raise your hands. I want people in the front to look around, see what I see. All right? An insane amount. Now, of those people, of the people that now listen to a podcast, stand up if you did not listen to a podcast three years ago. I need you to look around. Because if you want to understand why I'm standing on this stage right now, I didn't say sit down. I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> if you want to understand why I'm so blessed to sit on this stage, is I have a unique, uncanny, I take no credit, my parents get all the credit, ability to slightly understand what you're about to do before you think you're gonna do it. And so what I do is when I know something's coming, I have humility, and this is a word that I would love for people to look up, understand, and start really becoming religious about. For all my ego and peacocking, for the ones in here who've been paying attention, it is my humility that has allowed me to be successful, not in the way that I interact with you and being kind, because that's kindness, in the humility that when I believe something new is emerging, I take the perceived risk of going there first, spending countless hours with no clear ROI in the short, you know how many people in here have left ungodly amounts of money because when social came along they said, well what's the ROI of Facebook and Twitter? <laughs> Do you know how many people here will lose the next frontier because they're gonna debate what the ROI is of buying or building a $30,000 to $50,000 Alexa skill or briefing for their business? A lot. People don't have the humility to take the risk of their time I'm not even asking for money. The fact that you didn't have the humility to waste three hours a day even though you had the audacity to want to be an entrepreneur that lived on your own terms fascinates me. And I'm gonna repeat that statement for all of you again. 
The fact that you don't have the humility to try the new stuff because your time is so valuable, yet, in parallel, you have the audacity to want to live a life where you don't work for anybody and you make your own, blows my mind. Until I die, and I expect to win the whole thing, until I die, I will never deploy the audacity of the situation that I've asked for, which is I've asked for the loneliness of being a number one. I've asked to be able to choose my path on an everyday basis. I've asked to be an entrepreneur, and I know that you don't get to hang out or rest on your laurels. Literally, literally, everything I've done up until an hour ago is completely irrelevant to where I'm going next. And so many people get some little level of success and start thinking they're somebody. I looked at a couple of you who tweeted me and like pumped and can't wait to see this and then I went and they're hungry and they're gonna do it and their bio says I'm gonna be this and that and then I look at your Instagram and you've got 11, 14, 23,000 followers and you haven't replied to a single person that's left a comment on a post in the last year because you think you're somebody. And so I believe that once you get your mindset right of accountability, empathy, gratitude, humility, that all of a sudden what I'm about to talk about next makes a hell of a lot more sense, which is the following. My friends, if you do not spend 2018 completely and obsessively around Facebook and Instagram, you will lose. Let me say this, I'm making this very simple, very black and white, very fucking basic. If you do not spend next year completely obsessing over how you become successful on Facebook and Instagram, you will be disproportionately less likely to win because the ungodly amount of attention of regardless of where your consumer is, regardless of the age, if you use those two platforms, you will cover the far majority of what you're targeting. If you're targeting under 20 year olds, then I'll start getting a little more comfortable with a disproportionate Snapchat and Instagram audience. But if you were targeting literally 20 and above, 20 to 100, I don't wanna, guys, the number one converter for me on Facebook across our clients, my investments, and my audience are 50 to 80 year olds on Facebook. Because there's something called stream time. And do you know what happens? You know what the difference? Here is a 29 year old on Facebook. Here's a 68 year old. Do you know the difference? They consume the videos and the pictures and the words to a higher degree. And so I really need you to wrap your head around the fact that Facebook and Instagram have ungodly attention, that the ad product on those two platforms are disproportionately underpriced, and that that is where you should be trading. Not because I like Facebook or Instagram, but because I wanna be historically correct and I have one real micro regret in my business career not passing on Uber and the angel rounds, not other things, because those things are kind of come and go. There's a lot of variables that go into it. No, the one time when I knew what I was doing, but I didn't go all in. When I was building my dad's liquor store, Google AdWords came out. And I bought every wine term for five cents a click. And I owned every wine term you can imagine for five and 10 cents a click, from Australian wine to Barossa Valley, right? to you know, Penfold's Grange 1994, like every skew, top, middle, like, understand? 
I was getting customers for 40 to 80 cents a piece that were worth 10, 15 dollars for me, but I couldn't wrap my head around how special that moment was. I was young, right? I didn't have experience. I was just learning about print and outdoor and direct mail. It was all working because of the macro product I created price-wise and selection-wise. But I sit back and when I hear I built dad's store from three to 60 million and everyone's like, yay, I'm like, fuck that guy. That guy should have built it from three to 250 million if he was smart enough to take his energy and money away from print and radio and television and direct mail and put it all into Google because Google had that moment where it was grossly underpriced. My friends, who was the biggest advertiser on Google from 2002 to 2008? Amazon. Amazon was the number one advertiser on that platform in the early days. They siphoned underpriced attention to themselves and now they've built one of the biggest companies in the world. Who's one of the biggest advertisers in the last five years on Facebook? A shopping app called Wish. How many people here are familiar with Wish? Raise your hands. Raise them high, I want people to see this. If I did this three years ago, nobody would have raised their hands. They are now a multi-billion dollar retailer that spent all of their money until recently. Now they're doing like the Mayweather and McGregor fight sponsorship and the Lakers and they're doing kind of branding stuff because they've so penetrated to billions of dollars on Facebook. They were former Google engineers on the ad product quit making millions of dollars a year and started a company selling stuff and only ran Facebook ads. This, my friends, is called pattern recognition. I will do the same thing over and over. I will be a 97-year-old Yoda-looking dude standing up here and yelling at you about some cockamanian thing and it will be the same exact thesis that I'm spitting to you today. Get your fucking mind right first so that you can then put in the time and efforts based on your ambitions in becoming a humble practitioner of where the attention of the consumer is. And if you have a moment like we have right now on Facebook and Instagram ads and Instagram influencers, you will win. I spent four hours on the flight DMing influencers about my sneaker release and my upcoming book release. I did it, me, not my intern, not somebody I hired in the Philippines, my two fucking thumbs. At this point, making tens of millions of dollars a year because I have humility to understand what needs to be done to win and everybody's looking for scalability and I'm gonna hire my 23 year old niece and she'll reply to somebody on Twitter and you completely downplay the reality of what I'm talking about. You are grossly underestimating what's happening right now. And and I say, by the way, I don't know you, I'm talking about the market. 98% of people are grossly underestimating how good it is right now. You will look back at this talk, all my content during this era, listen, How many people have heard me say, watch what I'm doing, not what I'm saying? Raise your hands. Good. Usually that refers to like, what hashtags am I using? Why am I using Facebook? Why did I start a podcast? Now I'm gonna take it to the most macro. Watch what I'm doing, not what I'm saying. Why am I producing so much content during this era? Why am I flying around the entire world over and over speaking to this subject? It's because I know what I'm talking about right now is gonna go away. I just want everybody to understand I'm making you a promise of a micro regret. If you do not listen to me carefully and way more importantly, go execute on it, 
you will regret that you heard it in a passionate way. And I, I think we can all agree, I'm not hedging up here right now. I'm desperately trying to force this down your fucking mouth, right? You heard it, and I believe that 95% of you will not do anything about it. I mean this, I think that 95% of you will do a little something, you'll run a little bit of ads, you'll do this, you'll do a little something, you'll do enough to make it feel like you did something, and you will regret not going all in. How many people here play poker? Good, I don't, but if you do, when you have the best hand, it's a good idea to go all in. Right now, for the next 12 months I feel comfortable, maybe it'll last 18, the biggest companies in the world are not spending enough money on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. Let me explain, my friends, what's going to happen over the next three years. When Coca-Cola, when Budweiser, when Mercedes-Benz finally gets their act together in the next 12 to 36 months and take $30 million that they would spend on outdoor billboards and sponsoring of the World Cup and television commercials and they put it into Facebook and Instagram and influencers. You reaching a 41-year-old you know, mom of two living in Hunter Valley who's interested in your shit Today costs four, six, seven dollar CPMs, seven dollars to reach a thousand people. When that costs 86 or 49, it shifts. I, I'm gonna, you know, I know that everybody's got different angles. Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat are marketplaces. They're not like going to the Sydney Daily News where they give you a price that's a bottom. They're marketplaces. They start off at pennies and more people bid up. The feed is only one feed. Everybody's trying to get in and if you want to get in, it costs more and that's why they become big businesses because if they have the attention, more people want to get there but the price keeps going up. The words that I spend five cents a click for, some of them are now $14 words. Not as good of a conversion as it was in 2003. More importantly, you guys got used to seeing Google's ads and you don't click them as much as you used to back in 2002 when you didn't know if it was just organic results or if it was an ad. Today, Facebook and Instagram and influencers are underpriced, you're in a feed, they're underpriced and you're still interested in clicking those ads. In four and a half years, you're gonna be so tired of seeing those ads in Facebook and Instagram, you're gonna click less and they're gonna cost 20 times more. Understand? That is basically all I wanna say. I'm actually considering leaving, but I think I'm obligated to stay on stage. <laughs> How many people here sell a physical product, like a sandal, like a peanut butter, like, raise your hands. Tonight, you go home, you have an, how many of you have an Instagram account for that business? Raise your hands, great. You go home and you DM every single person using the hashtags that are associated with your business and you direct message them and you ask them to send you a sample of your product to them and, and would they post it? Nine out of 10 won't even answer. One out of 30 will post it. The others will ask you to give them money to post it. You should pay them because 90 out of 100 of them don't know how to price themselves properly for the attention that they're giving you in return, right? So influencer marketing, one more time, people with products. 
Raise them high. And now how many of those people who sell products are selling them direct to consumer, like your own e-commerce or things of that nature? Raise your hands. Okay, listen, for the hundreds of you, if you are not spending 90, 80, uh, Google AdWords, if you're not spending 65% of your money on Facebook and Instagram ads and Instagram influencers, you're leaving money on the table. Blanket statement, without knowing every detail, blanket statement, if you're not spending 65% of your money on those environments, you're leaving money on the table because you have so much opportunity. Now look, everything I'm talking about is 100% right, I know it. Here's my only concern and I wanna spend a couple of minutes on it. The creative is the variable. I'm right about the thesis, but if the picture or the words or the video that you post to put in front of each other sucks, you're not gonna sell anything. So the reason this scares me when I speak about this subject to this kind of audience is I'm not in control of the pictures and the videos and the audio that you're putting out. But I implore you to try a lot of different pieces of pictures and videos and written words, spend less money on the ads up front, see what's working, and then pour money on it. Too many people in this audience hear me, they get excited, they go and Google how to spend Facebook ads, and by the way, all of you have to do this yourself. I don't care how fancy you are. If you want to be successful, you need to be the practitioner, not somebody in your office. If you don't know what to do, it's called Google. Google, how do I place a Facebook ad? Three hours later, you'll place a Facebook ad. It's not complicated. Everyone's like, but I don't know how to do it. Okay, it's fucking 2018. Use a search engine. You know, like it's, you know, so, so, the picture and the video and the words are the creative variable. So please, 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 please do the following. And this is where everybody makes a mistake. They hear this, they get excited, they go and spend $5,000 trying to reach 25 to 30 year old women in Australia and they just spend, it's blanket and they spend on one picture or one video and it doesn't work. Instead, what you need to do is put 25 to 30 year old women in Australia or in Sydney and make a reference in your copy to ladies of Sydney, you've gotta make it contextual. Context is the secret behind the content that allows you to be successful in this new environment. Context, colors, we, we debate the first three seconds of the video, the headline, the colors, the words. The words are different on Instagram than they are on Facebook because even though you're the same person, your mindset's different when you're in your Instagram feed and when you're on your Facebook feed. The psychology behind it, the network effect, how to get people to tag and refer to their friends. This is fucking science, my friends. This is 2018 science. Social media marketing, and by the way, there's no such thing as social media. It's a slang term for the current state of the internet. Social media marketing is the absolute singular advantage in the marketplace. Do I believe during a big time sporting event on television that a commercial can be seen? Of course. Do I think it's still overpriced for how many look at it? Yes, because I know how many of you when it goes to a commercial reach for your phone and start engaging elsewhere. All I will ever do is chase your attention. As it is now going from video to audio, I'm triply downing on my podcast and on my Alexa skills. Watch this, you'll find this interesting. How many people here, um, how many people here listen to my podcast? Let's start with that. Great, thank you very much. Of those people, how many of you have now started listening more to the podcast and watching less video because of it? Raise your hands, raise it high. I need people to see this. It's a significant number of people who in the last year have started listening more and watching less because time is our number one asset and if you can hear me while still doing something else, 
the audio's more valuable than watching the video, which you have to watch as a medium. So if you do not have an audio strategy for your business, if you have not started creating the podcast or really leaping to the strategy behind building an Alexa skill for your business, you are leaving an enormous amount of opportunity on the table. Please, please, please start getting your audio strategy. You guys are runners for the mics? Yeah? All right, I'm gonna use one more minute and then I wanna start thinking about raising your hand for a question. My friends, listen. This is, you know, you know how like, you know how, how many people are here are good at cooking? Raise your hands. Raise them. It's a pretty audacious bunch. <laughs> I couldn't even begin to think about cooking, right? It's not a skill set I have. For so many of you, it just came natural from the beginning, right? Being an entrepreneur, more importantly, being a successful entrepreneur, is a skill set, right? And it's one that comes natural to some and others, not as much. It's a fun thing to be right now and everybody wants to and the opportunity is very real. I'm a great entrepreneur, but I think I'm even better at consumer behavior and psychology. It's who I am, it's why a lot of you follow me because when you cut me down, you see that I'm pushing positivity and a whole lot of other things that matter and trying to get people to do it the right way, be patient, do the right thing, da 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 My friends, you need to get yourself in the right place mentally and then you need to get yourself in the right place mentally because the thing that people have not wrapped their head around is that this takes a lot of work. Like a lot, a lot. Not a little something. And if you aspire, let me just ground this. If you think you're gonna make a million dollars a year, which is funny the way people throw that out. Like everybody gets there. Almost nobody gets there, right? If you wanna make $500,000 a year, which would put you in the disproportionate top 1% of income getters here in Australia. If you wanna make $100,000 a year and like doing it and it's on your terms and it's your life, it takes a lot of work. And it takes a lot of smart work. The thing I talk a whole lot about is hustle. The thing I talk less about is being smart because I don't think that brings you any value. So what I do is I try to come and speak or through my actions show you the smart things that I'm doing and then remind you that it's still hard work. The framework is simple. This is simple. You may have not allowed yourself to have the honest conversation with yourself of how much hard work and how much patience it takes to be successful, but it doesn't change the fact that that's the case. You've never met anybody in your life who hasn't worked their face off for a long time that's built something significant. It may seem that it happened fast because they're 27, but maybe they've been hustling since they were 13 in a different way that gave them 14 years of experience to be a winner in that game. And so, please, please wrap your head around what we're actually doing here, and more importantly, if you were smart enough to be here today, and I mean this, the fact that you came here today puts you so far ahead of everybody else, and I hate knowing for fact that so many of you are gonna give up your advantage because you like hearing me say it and you like the way it feels, but then you leave and you don't do anything about it. So please, Brisbane, do me a favor. Go do something about this talk today. I implore you, it will change the course of your career. Thank you. Thank you. Questions? You can pick anybody, let's go. Great. How are you? Gary, what's up, man? Real good. Uh, you talk a lot about saying that Facebook and Instagram and all these places that you're putting a lot of time and money into now for advertising is gonna come to an end. 
what spaces or what businesses are you watching to see what's gonna come next? So in general, I like to tell people, look, I'm not fucking Nostradamus, right? So I have no idea. The one place I keep looking at is voice. I keep telling you guys, guys, voice. Everybody in this room in five years will have voice activated devices, whether it's their phone, their clothes, their car, the wallpaper in their home, that instead of grabbing a phone, you're gonna interact with voice. It's going to be frictionless. You've gotta figure out how your business and service interact in a voice environment. It's going to be voice, right? So the first thing you should all do is start a podcast if you think you can. Podcasts are great because you could just interview people, even if you're not that interesting or don't know what to say, you could just interview people in the industry or genre you're in and you just ask nine questions and then boom, you're done. There's an app, I'm not an investor, everybody thinks I am, I'm not, uh, called Anchor, which is a voice social app, you should look it up, it's called Anchor, where you can record it on that, you hit one button and it posts to all the podcast platforms. It's just so simple, it's the first way to get into voice, but bro, let me tell you something, Facebook and Instagram are going nowhere for the next 24 months. I can't get people here to spend enough time on that, let alone worried about what's next. Until you're fucking spending all your money and all your time on Facebook and Instagram, I have no energy to talk about what's next. You're fucking up what's now. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Red shirts, you're in charge. Let's go, let's move quick. Hey, what's up, Gary? Uh, my name is Christian. I just like I'm my um, own business, so I do a nightclub in Brisbane. Um, I do that, um, and I also got a personal brand as well. I'm a hype MC for nightclubs. But what I'm stuck in, I was just, about four months ago. I started another business, um, printing shirts, and I'm sort of in between: should I cross brand or use the Shades logo as the printing thing and the nightclub thing? What do you suggest? It doesn't matter. Thanks, Scotty. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm being frank with you. Like, people overthink shit that doesn't matter. It does, it's not gonna matter if you use one logo or separate logos. Like, it doesn't matter where I use Vayner and where I don't, Wine Library or Gary V or Vayner. It doesn't matter. Like, I love when people wanna talk to me about the name of their business. Nobody cares. Nobody knew what Google meant or Facebook meant or McDonald's meant or Coke meant. A name doesn't matter. What you do to make a name matter is what matters. Yeah. Right? So it's, nobody gives a shit, bro. Just pick one and fucking go. So it's just all about branding, basically? Yeah, it's about the execution, right? Like, it didn't matter if he called himself, you're wearing a shirt of a guy who called himself multiple things. He was the notorious B.I.G. and Biggie Smalls and plenty of, like, like it doesn't matter. Execution. People want to debate these things because they think that's the unlock. It's not. Period. This is actually one of the shirts that I printed, by the way. Just putting it out there. I figured. <laughs> All right, let's move. Let's go. Red shirts, let's go. Give me Ga some, hey. Gary, Steve. Let's get some people in the back. Um, at the end of your audio book, Ask Gary V, you said something that hit me in the face in a good way that you never met your, your granddad or something, and that played a part in the way that you document. Yes. I'm curious to know how much does that still play a part in your day-to-day -day decisions, and why do so few people really get that I never got to meet my granddads either, and I was like, shit, it really affects me, so that's my question. I think, it, I think so few people think, I don't think people understand, I think people think I just talk. Like, in 50 years, they'll understand that I meant it. Like, I care about my legacy, that's why I think about it. Like, I only care about my legacy. 
When I made $100,000 a year, I achieved my only financial goal that I ever had. Somewhere around 13, I was like, it'd be really cool to make 100,000. You know, like, when you're coming from humble, that seemed big, you know, so that was it. Why? Because I always felt something in the middle of my stomach that I had something. I care about my legacy. I love that my, I love that my great, great, great grandchildren are literally watching this right now. I'm long gone, but they're watching this. Hey, Jeremiah. You know, and so, <laughs> I mean, that's cool. I think it's super neat. Like, I think I have a lot to give. I think I've impacted, how many people here think, and don't, don't make me feel good, how many people here truly think that I've impacted them in a positive way? Yeah. I mean, look at that. And, and so like, but I'm not gonna be able to do that for my great, great grandkids. But now I am. Because if I can do it to you, I can definitely do it to them because they're gonna watch everything. Imagine there was film like this. Imagine, how many people watch Daily V? Thank you. Could you imagine if Daily V was about your great, great grandmother? You know how fun that would be? You'd be like, oh shit, that, I do that same thing that she, like, you know, it's so cool watching my daughter do things that I do, like thinking how those get passed on, it's gonna be neat. Plus, my man, do you know why I obsess over my legacy? Do you know why I document everything? Because I know I'm good. And when you know you're good, both in your skill and in your heart, you're not scared of the camera. And so it matters to me because I care about my legacy, not about the short-term money. Everybody's so worried about tomorrow that it doesn't allow them to see what's actually happening here. And that's why I always recommend people spending time with older people, retirement home. I'm a big fan because you get to see regret and resentment up close and it starts to help you frame up a life. And I did something very weird. I don't talk about this a lot publicly and you guys know a lot about me. I spent so much time with old people when I was little. Like from five to 13, if I went to a playground and there was like a grandfather visiting or a grandmother, it wasn't just a grandfather thing, I would literally stop playing and go sit with them and sit on the bench and just ask them random questions. I was a weird ass kid. You know, but, but it makes a lot of sense to me now because I, I'm way more wisdom oriented than I, like my energy acts. My energy is so micro fast and intense and alpha and male and competitive, you know, but when you start peeling away, it's very obvious why it matters to me. I'm only about my legacy. I'm only about what everybody here says behind my back. You got it. Let's do it. Who do we have? Hey. Hi, Gary. How are you? Jordan, good thanks. Um, so I'm a little bit torn, I've been in your content for about 18 months. Thank you. And um, I've really struggled to launch my business. Okay. Uh, Self-awareness was a big part of that. I started a life coaching thing a while ago and never really felt connected to it. Um, my history is one of drug addiction and car accidents and time in prison. Yes. And so I go around to youth centres and high schools and I talk for free. Yes. And that's actually what I love to do. I love I've it. never found a way to brand myself and make money because I feel like part of me's got a shame thing around it. I understand. Where I, the family and the people involved that were hurt in my accident. So I'm, I don't even know why I got up to talk, but <laughs> listening to your Facebook strategy, I think I want to make some videos, but I want to be really sensitive around. Well, so let me ask you, let's, let's actually have this conversation for a second. And I appreciate you standing up. Are you still in a place where you want to protect the other, the ashamed part? I, well, feel, I feel very comfortable that you, you just brought it up. So you are in a place where you, listen, it's your truth, you're on to the next chapter. Is there still reasons to hold it to the vest because it can affect others or are you still in the last stages of being okay with putting it out there? I'm not sure. Um, so I crashed a car in 09, one of my passengers died. Um, part of our crew, I was heavily drunken on drugs. And I've never really been able to connect with the family involved. 
Obviously, so, they have their reasons. So I don't know whether I'm going to stir something so up for them I, by writing a book. I get, and people tell me so I So first of all, I adore you for that answer. Yeah, right? Thanks. And, and the best part is, it allows me to give you a really good piece of advice. People are confused. Intent is an incredibly important part of all this. The reason I'm so out there and so the way I am is because I know what my intent is. You may not like it at first. You may think I'm cocky and a douchebag. I'm cool with that because I'm gonna win in the end. Like you may, I prefer you all started out not liking me because it's more fun the other way, right? So brother, the fact that you have that intent, I'm gonna really try to force you to do this. You should reach out to them. Call, go ahead. Wrote a letter. What's that? I wrote a letter. Great. Years ago, telling Great. them how I felt it sure. wasn't well received. Respect. So. Can, do you think they're on Facebook? Um, You're not I sure. Blo- I've blocked them because uh, when I got out of prison, I got sent some unkind messages. Yep. So it wasn't nice. So I unblocked them. Just I blocked them to just move on with my life. I respect that. How long ago was that? Uh, when did I get out? 2014. So look, listen, if you want to, listen, there's only one way to move forward. It's reconcile the past, right? So you need to do everything you can. And listen, you could still talk about your past without mentioning names. You know, for a long time, if anybody's watching carefully, up until about six months ago, I never really made it as clear that I own nothing of Wine Library. If, you know, only until about six months ago, as my popularity has exploded in the last year, a lot of people are saying, well, you can't listen to him because his dad gave him a $4 million business and I needed to eliminate that excuse for the kids that wanted to listen. So I started talking about something I wasn't comfortable with, which was you know, talking about me building such a big business and owning none of it, I was worried could shed negative light on my dad, to be very frank. And I wasn't comfortable talking about it. So I've gone 10 years being in public without ever really clarifying it. I've only started clarifying it now because I don't think it sheds bad light on my dad, family, businesses, everybody knows it. And more importantly, I have to eliminate that excuse from the lexicon so that people realize you know, what my journey actually is so they can work hard because, God, people are really looking for the excuse to not work hard. <laughs> and so anyway, brother, you can tell your narrative and put it out there without referencing the family. Sure, they could Google it and figure it out, but as long as your intent is right, you need to start recording those talks that you're doing for free, putting them on Facebook. I have good news. It's going to work out. Thanks so much. You got it. Let's go back there if we can. Hey, Gary. How are you? Very good. Again. Now, uh, just as like a practical question, you've been talking about Instagram and and Facebook and everything. Let's be practical. I think for, for everybody, uh, put some numbers on it. So say uh, a business owner here, they had $50,000 a year to spend on ads. What percentage would you recommend? If we're going to go... The, real if, general, you look, know? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I the know. problem. What kind of business, right? If it's B2B, I'd, with only $50,000, I'd go LinkedIn and Facebook, right? If it's selling T-shirts I, you know, to people under 40, I would be 80% Facebook and Instagram with a little bit of Google AdWords of people that are typing in an intent. Before the people that like have never uh, used you know Facebook, Instagram, and, and digital media before, what what would you say is a really good place for for them to start as far as you know percentage wise? So you go all right, two grand per month into that, two grand into that, one grand into that. You're not going to achieve what, what you're trying to do here, and I love it. Yeah. you're doing the right thing. The problem is it's super nuanced. Yeah, but the reality is is that like I said earlier. 
they've gotta spend money on it. If you're, how many people here already, besides Facebook and Instagram, spend over $10,000 a month in marketing? Raise your hands. Raise them high. So not a lot, right? How many people here spend $3,000 a month in marketing? Raise your hands, right? How many people here don't spend any money on marketing? Raise your hands, right? So you've got a lot of differences. Yeah. What's amazing about all this is, no matter where those hands went up, more than 50% of their energy should be on Facebook and Instagram. That's enough to start. All right, yeah, energy, right. yeah. which means either organic engagement and creative because you have no fucking money, or that percentage of your money, go Google and learn, test and learn, test and learn. Yeah, all right, thanks. Cheers. Let's get the, can we get red shirts? Sir, yeah, can you go all the way back there? Good, hello. How are you? Hello. My name's Robin, um, I'm an exercise physiologist and I run a private practice. Awesome. Um, so working in the health industry, it's a little bit harder to kind of push people to come and see you because ultimately at the end of the day, I want people to come see me if they need my help. Okay. Um, do you have any advice for um, standing out on those social media platforms? Well look, it doesn't, you, you have to understand this, your dynamic doesn't change if you advertise on Facebook and Instagram, or if you advertise in the print, or if, you know, like, they're all the same dynamics, right? So are you getting most of your customers from referrals and other dynamics, or how are you getting them now? Mostly allied health and GP referrals. Right, so now you're looking for more upside because you've got a B2B dynamic that's driving to your business, right? I would just put out tremendous content that is the best advice you have for the general public. Look what I do. I give away all my stuff for my best advice for, do you know how many, do you know how many advertising and social media agencies have been, been built on the back of my free content that are doing one to three million dollars a year? <laughs> right, like just left and right and it makes me happy. It makes me happy that something I'm doing for free is helping others because I don't think it's coming out of my pocket. That's where everybody gets confused. People get confused because you think when you're doing something good it comes at your expense. It doesn't. There's so much out there. I'm never gonna get to all of it. I'd much rather have your admiration or you know, you know, love towards me because I helped you. So you should just be putting out your best advice, especially because you're getting your business from B2B to begin with, and then that will create halo effects for the entire brand, because right now you're in transactional sales funnel on the back end. You need to create brand. My advice to you, yeah, there's a good way to stand out. Give away the best advice you have forever, for free, for as long as you possibly can. That's fantastic, awesome, you got it. thank you. Go ahead. Hi Gary, uh, Liam's my name. Love your work, you're the king mate. Um, I work for a, uh, a big insurance company, it's not my own brand. I'm not an entrepreneur, I, th I think I've sort of worked that out. I respect um, that. But I, I really want to connect with a lot of people, I want to sort of be I guess looked as an influencer down the track amongst my sort of industry. Um, I'm just sort of having a bit of trouble struggling to sort of get that going and I was just Why? wondering whether, well I just, um, I guess trying to work out different ways to get out there and do it. It's, uh, I work in sales, I don't actually sell a product myself, I help people sell it amongst their work. So you're um, in a B2B environment where you're training others or helping others to do that? That's right. So, and so but what, why is that a struggle? What, what's in there that makes it tough for you to put out words, audio, or videos on Facebook and LinkedIn? I'm uh, just trying to get uh, the, 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 the legwork going, I suppose, in the, in the first instance. So what's the fucking problem? 
Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> My, Can I ask I, you a question? I really wanted to ask a question. And it was a two-part. The second was, can, can I get a selfie with you? That yeah. was pretty much it. Now we got to the punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can. Okay. Come on. Because <laughs> that first part sucked. All right, let's keep it going. Who's got the mics? We'll come back up front in a second. Go ahead, mate. Uh, hi, Gary. I just wanted to say thank you. Um, you got me off the bench. I was... I'm listening. I was out of the game, I was nowhere, I was kind of dead. And you always talk about deathbed regrets. Yes. And I just started and I'm just learning the mechanics. Like, I've always seen the clouds, but you made me love the dirt. Good. And man, I got mad love for you. I just wanted to say thank you because on my deathbed, I'll be a happy man. Means a lot to me. Now, the... The question I want to ask, sorry if I screw it up, okay. I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, I'm a teacher. Um, I know the story of little Gary really well. And one <laughs> thing I've said on Twitter before is that um, if little Gary in English class could have written copy instead of handwriting lessons, he would have got an A instead of a D. Uh, what I do in classrooms is take self-development and peak performance culture. Uh, I love it. Yesterday in a classroom with a little girl, she likes horse riding and I pulled out Audible and I pulled out Crush It and I showed this little girl Crush It. <sighs> now my question is this, I'm a teacher, I rely on teaching yep. for my income I and understand. I'm at that sort of difficult stage. Yes. Uh, tactics. Yes. Um, when I'm in that world because some of the people in the teaching world are to be perfectly frank pretty fucking dull yes. and not particularly inspired. Yes. How do I, um, I, I either agitate from within that world and there's risks to that involved in me because yeah. technically I, you're not supposed to have a yeah. business inside that world. It's a, you know what's crazy? It's a, it's a similar thesis to clouds and dirt. You're not gonna win that game, my friend. So what you need to do is deal with that. You know, be Clark Kent and then be you know, Superman after hours. You're gonna have to find a different place to scratch to achieve that because the framework of schooling and university in the globe today will not allow you to do what you wanna do. You're gonna be half pregnant the whole time. <laughs> I'd rather you just become numb to that, play within the margins, take it all as upside, right? Cause you're gonna be half pregnant. Take the upside of what you're doing in the class as all gravy instead of half empty and then spend all your energy post-game in a place that doesn't get you fired and you're like, you don't shit on it. You just create another environment where you can scratch even more of that itch because you're not gonna win that game and you need to wrap your head around that and that's okay. I'm eating shit right now. VaynerMedia is not what I wanna do for a living. I don't wanna have clients. I don't wanna be back there and somebody made a subjective call. It's just that I'm eating shit, half pregnant, to build a framework so then when I buy brands, I will dominate and do what I want to do, but I'm right now deploying the most patience in my career. At the height of my Gary Venus, where I could be 25 to 50 million dollars a year just being me and getting admiration, I'm eating shit and having clients and dealing with operations because I know what do I want to achieve on my deathbed, you should do the same, but you need to reconcile that truth instead of being romantic that you're gonna be the one person that changes the fucking education system. Thank you. Got it. Let's get up here for this lady right here at some point. 
Gary, hi, hi. Um, sorry about that there. No worries. Um, Gary, I just want to ask you a question. Um, the start of your talk, you talked about uh, family. Um, Gary, my grandfather was head of security for um, Hitler's Eagle's Nest. He married a Jewish woman. Um, my father is um, one of the worst pedophiles in this state in the last 10 years. Um, I've, I've, I, he bashed me every day. I've been through a lot of my life. Um, it's a bit of a miracle that I'm here. I do run business. I do have um, great wins and also, um, I guess, great losses. I want to know, you mentioned just before you came on the stage how you could handle a $9 million loss. Um, I'm just curious, like, I find that any time I have a loss, I sort of, you know, go back into the things that have happened in my life. I have no family. My I mother's family is completely, you know, out mm -hmm. of my life. Mm -hmm. um, everything I have, I've, I've made of myself. Mm -hmm. um, so I was wondering, you know, how a person I respect handles that. losses. So look, that $9 million loss is gonna hurt a lot less than when I read Twitter on the way to the airport right now and somebody who was brought as a friend was like, ah, too brash for me, I don't like him. Like, you know, so like, they come in all, it's not about, you know, the losses come in all shapes and sizes. Look, man, I'll, I'll, look, I'll be honest with you. The f you're like a hero. I don't know what you're, I, I don't even, you know, like, I mean, I you were talking and I was like, fuck man, I wish that was my background. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. I'm being dead serious. Now, it might, you might say it would be easy for you to say if you lived it. Like, look, everybody has good and bad. <laughs> In life, we're all born with either an advantage or disadvantage. We either started with too much or we started with too little, and then basically, you know, your internal fortitude decides if that was good or bad. I've sat with people that have $10 million in their trust fund crying, saying that they hate their lives because their parents took care of everything and they'll never achieve anything on their own, and no matter what they achieve, everybody's gonna say it wasn't them, and they think it's the worst and they're suicidal. This is real. Now, for somebody like you or others that started with zero, you're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 10 million, you know? You know, listen man, to be very honest with you, I'll give you the answer. You have no choice. That's how. What's the alternative? When you have a setback, what are you gonna sit there and say it was your granddad and your dad? I mean, you know that's not true. It's why you have so many wins, right? So just practice. I just kept practicing blaming myself for everything. Now I just default into it. I genuinely believe everything's, I think it's drizzling here today because of me. <laughs> like, I think, I think you just have no choice, brother. Thanks, Gary. You got it. Can we do me a favor, because I'm running out of time? Can we get this lady right here? Nice Boehner sports shirt in the front. Thank oh, you, like you're that. amazing. I just have to pace, because I'm intensely nervous. Firstly, I'm gonna update my Facebook profile to say that Gary Vaynerchuk called me lady. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, I just have uh, two things to say. The first one is, almost five years ago, I was left when I was pregnant. Uh, my baby was diagnosed at birth with Down syndrome. I had to quit my corporate job and I finally went back. I'm not gonna cry, I cried in Pat Flynn. Some of you guys were there, you saw it. I'm not gonna cry for Gary Vee because you're my internet spirit animal. Um, so I went back to my job at the Australian Taxation Office and I was their Facebook channel expert and sorry if any of them see this, but I watched your podcast on one screen while I increased their um, following by 25% while I was there. I then quit my job and um, launched a course, which was five months ago, I launched my first company, thanks to you, and also Pat Flynn, but mostly you. 
and um, I, we turned over $275,000 in core sales and I've now built a recurring income and I did that by reaching out, giving back and building my community generously. In the meantime, I built out my son's Facebook and Instagram profiles with your help. My son won Baby Bonds, which is Australia's biggest um, modelling competition. He was in the Oscar gift bags last year. He's a beautiful little boy and we're having a selfie. I'm so nervous. <laughs> so I'll show you his photo. Um, a few months ago, I nabbed DownSyndromeAwareness.com. What can I do to build his profile? Because likes don't pay for his mortgage. So one more life. time, you're, you're asking how to continue to build his profile? Yeah, so I can build this out really successfully for myself, but it's for my little boy. He's got 24,500 Facebook followers. I create resources. I've got a website I've built called parkermiles.com with domain authority 45. I've got backlinks in Yahoo. His don't, videos don't, get picked up by Jukin, and I can't I, monetize him. I, I just, I'm so resistant. I don't know what to do. I don't think you need to monetize him. Okay. Good, because everyone tells me I should and I just, I feel like, what do I do? Like, do I need to? Because I just want to grow his community. So let's talk about it. When you sit down, make the list of the people that told you you should monetize it and then put me on the other side of the list. Okay, because they make less money than me and you make more, so I'm okay It's just, that. you know, it's not even about, honestly, I swear, it's not about making more. It's about moral compass. It's about legacy. It is about, you know, currency is part of the equation. The thought that you have to monetize that is ludicrous. What you should do you. is continue to monetize what you're doing, be super successful, and you'll have more than enough, and you won't be spending the energy debating uh, monetizing that side of it. Yep. I think I just needed to hear that because the reason I built it out is because community is everything and intent is everything, and I just feel like it never really resonated, so I couldn't doing, stock things doing, or do this Listen, stuff I'll leave or, you guys with this. Doing anything that doesn't ring true down your entire operating system and soul because you think you need to do it based on somebody's advice that you admire or because you have short-term pain in your life is never going to work. Yeah, it has never worked, it doesn't work, and it's just better to wrap your head around enjoying the short-term pain, and I mean that. Like, the process, listen, the Rocky movies that are good is when it's shitty, not when he's in the fancy mansion. You know, like, like, like that gentleman's background, yours, so much, like everybody has diversity, has adversity, and more importantly, if we put everybody's stories on a table here, right, that gentleman's story is pretty intense. He'd probably be very high up in the adversity, but here's the problem. If you're sitting with some adversity right now, it's yours, right? No matter what your adversity is, just having a mom that wasn't supportive, just so you all know, is pretty hardcore. Having a non-supporting mom is a unbelievably difficult thing for the majority of human beings. So like, we all have it. I think I'm already getting. Go ahead. I think I'm already getting my return on investment because I get messages all the time from mums whose of nurses course. have referred them the to my page and they're crying for You know the answer, you just needed to hear photos. it. Thank you. I did, thank you, so I'm You're gonna welcome. write a book. Brisbane, I gotta go. I gotta get to Sydney. I love you, I'm sorry. I've got nothing but love for you. Thank you so much for coming. See ya. Thank you. Hey podcast peeps, I know you're uh, a listener, but are you a watcher? Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. on YouTube, youtube.com slash Gary V-E-E, the daily V, the best business vlog on earth.